Sound of Fire and Soul, a community where leaders gather to unite in sovereignty in today's world. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, a seasoned and heart-centered coach and mentor on a mission to take you on a journey of self-empowerment with weekly guidance and channeled wisdom. Fire and Soul features brave and daring conversations with extraordinary leaders who have awakened from the illusion to help you claim sovereign leadership in life, love, and entrepreneurship. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world, starting now. Hey guys, welcome back to Fire and Soul. This is really special because it's a full circle moment for me of having Rajana back on the show. He was on the show, gosh, probably two years ago. And then we found out that we have a dear friend and mentor in common named Panash Desai. You don't know this, Raj, but he almost joined us as a surprise visit to you on this call. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it was so close. But anyway, I don't say that for any other reason other than we share a special soul in common on um, mm. how we feel about him. And, and it's just so good to have you back. I've been watching your journey And I was just sharing before I hit record that, you know, I'm not friends with you beyond like this conversation, which I feel like is a soul connection anyway. But in terms of close physical time, it's it's almost unimportant. But so watching and observing your journey that you've been sharing so beautifully and openly on social, it feels like it's just been a radical transformation. And yet I know it's been many years in the making. But so I wanted to welcome you to the show. Welcome back to the show in this 2.0, 5.0, 10.0. I don't know what version I'm getting Raj in today, but welcome to Fire and Soul again. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to be back and I'm just grateful that I get to, we get to go deep and and explore all things life, love and everything in between. That's exactly it. Life, love and everything in between. So I could go on and on and on about your incredibly extensive, highly dynamic super achiever background, but I'd rather get your Cliff Notes version of it because as you were sharing also before I record, you're like, you know what? It feels like I'm growing so fast right now. Like what really represents who I am in this now moment? So even your current website, right? Including mine, which I love this trajectory, by the way, it's a lot of fun. But for those who aren't familiar with you or who new to you, how about a brief about me section? Uh, Sure. So my name's Raj. I'm a 30-year-old, I guess I would identify as an entrepreneur. I started my first company back in 2015. I used to be a petroleum engineer in my past life and wasn't happy, wanted something more. So I started teaching myself entrepreneurship on the side, started reading books, buying courses, launched my first business. That became wildly successful rather quickly which led me down a much deeper path of um, discovering that money wasn't enough for me. And I started evolving my, my first company, which was a coffee company, and really started creating more messages that were in alignment with my soul and evolving the brand. And that's when my podcast, Stay Grounded, started, which you've been on. And then that journey took me really inward. I, I started as when I became a full-time entrepreneur is when I really started experiencing fear in a way that I never knew as possible. I came from a traditional nine to five corporate job. My family, you know, first generation immigrants. So there's a lot of generational sort of trauma around just the survivor mindset and money. And so I had all these fears and anxieties in my body and I didn't know how to handle it. And so Stay Grounded then turned into a platform that I could use to 
explore my inner self and, and, and get mentorship and guidance from people that were well beyond me to help me access more of my true self. On that journey then led me down a lot of different healing modalities, started you know just exploring myself in, in unique and interesting ways, which then led to me ending a nine-year relationship, getting rid of half of my businesses, really going on this radical pursuit of truth and alignment with my soul and withering away everything else in my life that wasn't truly helping me experience the greatest levels of actualization that I craved deep, deep, deep down. And so now I'm still an entrepreneur. I still have several companies. I'm an investor. Um, I'm really, though, evolving everything I'm doing into helping people access the fullness of who they are and creating businesses and products and, and, and really spreading messages that help people access their own inner truth and break down the walls of limitation that may be given to them by society or parents or schooling or themselves in a lot of ways. And that's where at least the core idea of what I'm here to do sort of resonates from the, the method of making it happen, whether it's a business, whether it's art, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a course, whether it's impact and charity, it, it doesn't matter. I think at the core of it, I'm here to, to just inspire a greater level of love inside of people. And I'm here to do it through example. And so that's me in a nutshell, I guess. Well, then there you go. You just embodied the new description that's current for fire and soul. It's like modeling, right? The new earth that we choose to be in, that we want to live in, creating that reality for ourselves and not asking anyone to come on board, but living by it, leading by it. And it becomes deeply um, compelling for those who can see it, right? And sense it. You mentioned something about having incredible success so young and then having just an immense amount of fear. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I, I think, and this is this is the trap. We make a ton of money and then we're afraid of losing all the money. So then we work really hard to keep making more money, which then we're afraid of losing, which then we try working even harder. And it's this this trap in the mind that keeps us hustling, hustling, hustling without realizing why we're hustling. But it's to avoid feeling. Yeah. And it's to avoid feeling fear. And mm -hmm. because we want to run from fear instead of facing it, instead of embodying it, instead of alchemizing it into something that's true, which is just energy, right? Like we're all beings of energy. We have energy that flows through our body in the form of emotion. And fear is one of those emotions that has a story attached to it in the mind. And so for me, um, that's what I mean by that. And I, because that was a very real reality for me. Like I, you know, when we hit our first seven figures in business, I was terrified. I was so scared of losing it because I was afraid of being, I thought I was lucky. All the stories started coming up. I'm lucky. I can't do this again. If I lose all my wealth, like I'm going to go back to working full time. Oh my God, if I fail, my parents are going to disown me. Uh, da -da 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 -da, all these fears. And I personally had to become aware of those. Mm -hmm. I personally had to learn to quiet the inner critic the voice of judgment in my mind. I personally had to learn to befriend my fears instead of trying to transcend them with alcohol or working out or travel or, or relation. It doesn't matter. It was like everything outside of me was a distraction. Every aspect of hustle was a distraction from me wanting to feel. Mm. And that's the ultimate, I think, thing that plagues us today in society is I think most people just one aren't taught how to feel and we're so disconnected from our bodies. We live in our minds and 
when we're stuck in our minds, all that exists is fear and all that exists is this, you know, there's this, we're all running there. And I think that's what allows me to have a lot of compassion for everyone in the world, no matter where you are or where you're where your heart is inside of this incredibly chaotic, divisive sort of nature of reality that tends to be our current day reality. You know, I have a lot of compassion because I know that underneath the fear, all there is is the desire for safety and love and connection. Because we're so disconnected from our bodies, we just have this loop that we're running in and we're running inside of this loop on autopilot. We don't even realize we're doing it. And so that, that was my truth. You know, I, I was stuck. I was stuck in my head. And I had to learn to get into my heart and I had to learn to feel and I had to learn to have the hard conversations and go into the the shadow aspects of myself that I was very afraid of going into in order to truly learn to love me. And from that space of love for myself, learn to actually love others unconditionally as they are. I love that. And these days, you know, I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock, I guess, to not understand that a lot of really great mentors who are really tapped in are talking about deep shadow work, but there's a lot of different interpretations. What's yours? So for me, shadow, I I like to think of my shadow as, as my unconscious mind, right? So the thing that is not in my awareness readily. Yes. Traditionally, that unconscious aspect of me does not speak English. Mm -hmm. It speaks emotion. Yes. Right. So when I get triggered by something I read on the internet or when I get triggered by a loved one or when I get triggered, like when there's that triggering event, that's my subconscious speaking to me. Mm -hmm. That is my shadow sharing something that I am not allowing myself to go into because it's uncomfortable. It's prickly. It's not me. It's activating. Um, Yes. It's activating. So to me, shadow work is is learning to have a, an attitude of curiosity for the things you don't know, for the aspects of you that you may not have unpacked yet, for the decisions you make or, or, or the impetus behind why you make certain decisions or why you don't make certain decisions. It's To me, shadow work is excavating the true depths of the mind. And the unconscious mind, it's not the conscious mind because the conscious mind, what runs what 3% of our processing power, everything else is unconscious. Okay. So shadow work is an incredibly powerful idea and practice. And there's a lot of tools to facilitate shadow work, whether it's plant medicine or mirror work or hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name it, there's a lot of different tools out there, but at the core of it, excavating the shadow is 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 the willingness to go into the aspects of yourself that you may have abandoned, you may have dismissed, you may have shame over, you may not want to accept. And so to me, the, 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 the idea of shadow work is truly actually an idea of rising in love. It is, I love myself so much that I'm going to go into the darkest aspects of my being so that I can free myself from the parts of me that are not conscious, right? Because consciousness is that it's, it's, it's just awareness, Mm-hmm. And awareness is healing in itself, right? Because when we are aware of the shadow, we can choose differently. Mm. But if we don't, if we don't actually go into the shadow, if we don't have awareness, we don't have a choice. We're just running on autopilot. In fact, we're making decisions that are not in alignment with our true selves. We are literally making decisions based on a set of programmed instructions that came from a time well before you even had a choice to say, what you wanted or what was important to you. Right. And so 
that's really what I, I guess when I say shadow work, it's, it's, it's a, it's a collection, it's an idea, it's a philosophy of living mm-hmm. more than it is any one specific road or vehicle. Makes sense. And that's why I'm so glad I asked because you're clearly doing a lot of deep excavating, right? A lot of revealing, a lot of shedding, learning. I love that you used the word curiosity. I made it be my number one power virtue for 2021. And boy, am I living it, right? Like just this waking up and waking up and staying really open and and willing to face some of the hardest things that I've had to see in the realm of the matrix, but but starting with me. And mm-hmm. uh, you talked about the mirror work and I want to go there in a second, but I want to just offer up something that I'm I'm actually just kind of investigating and leaning into. Are you familiar with the work of Raw? Not enough, but uh, I just had a friend actually say something about the Magdalene something. Yeah. Oh, well, then if I'm the second, then there might be a third. Then you're like, well, maybe I will check it out. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a great, yeah. great podcast for you to listen to with one of the principals of that teaching uh, who's alive and he's on the Awakened Entrepreneur podcast. And that guy, Gary Young, is, is a very good friend of mine. Anyway, they talk about what I grasped. This is billions and billions of years old teaching, right? And what I grasped about shadow work is the polarity of our soul's evolution. Mm. And so if we're experiencing anyone else in a way that we're like, how could they, or it's, it makes us rageful or super sad or whatever the range of emotions are, but it's separate from all the light and the love that we really want to access that we look at that as the gift from which it came. Right. And we can then actually feel into that polarity and recognize that whatever we're seeing that anyone else, any entity, government, country, whatever's going on in the world, if we can see ourselves in the, the most horrifying thing and relate to that, know that it's all a gift to grow our own soul and then really lean into that, feel it all the way and then replace it kind of like Byron Katie's work with like, is it true? And who would I be without that thought? And then we expand beyond, I think is, the first level of our energy field, which is that matrix, right? And its story, its identity, its shadows, its trauma, keeping us safe so we don't have to feel. So we've got this level, this this like sort of like energy that's around us, but yet all we do is get conscious through these different modalities, mirror work, plant medicine, reading, learning, having these kinds of conversations. Then we can see that we're so much bigger and beyond that in the grander quantum field of energy. And all it takes is a willingness to feel and access love. So I just love everything that you are talking about, because at the core of all of it, if in my experience right now, and this is what I'm waking up to, and I'd love to know your thoughts. If this world is going to shift into the 4D or the 5D, I think you can't skip the one without the other. But um, it comes to a breaking point, seriously, like a tipping point where maybe more than half of us are experiencing more love than not. And we're in more service to others than self. A lot of this kind of stuff, which is why we don't need to talk to anyone about it. We just live by it. Right. But what are your thoughts around that for where the world is currently deeply divided and alienated and designed? So this is not by error, but it's our opportunity to live in the reality and paradigm that we choose but do enough of us or a majority of us need to get present to that for us to have this big shift into the grand awakening? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'm not going to pretend to know all the answers and I'm not going to pretend to have an idea around who's right, who's wrong, or in the grand scheme of things, what's right for anyone. 
All I can say is that today, and you said this really beautifully, right? You're, you're, I don't think human beings or the soul is here to achieve, to accomplish, to be remembered. I think the soul is here to expand. That's a truth that I can feel, right? And the truth has a, has a different ring to it. It's a, it's a, it's, there's a feeling ring to certain things that we may say out loud. And there are things that we can debate and expand on, like why this is happening, why not? But one thing we can truly feel is that when we grow, we have more life. We are expanding ourselves to more. When we expand ourselves to more, we access deeper levels of feeling. And when we access deeper levels of feeling, that's truly when we live our lives. Mm-hmm. And, right? and, if we, and if the human experience is here, if the soul is simply here to live, and if the soul is simply here to collect as many experiences as possible, and if the soul is here to act on the feelings that show up in one's heart, mm-hmm. then it makes sense that COVID in a lot of ways is this thing that came from the universe to wake people up. Mm-hmm. Right. Like everybody who's facing COVID in some way, shape or form is either facing a fear of death, which is health and wellness, a fear of loss of of money and work, which is the economic like wealth. Or it was fear of love and relationship, which I knew more people break up during COVID than anybody. Right. Like if you had a shadow, this external entity forced it out. Mm -hmm. Now it's an awareness. What do we do about it? And that's where I think there's a gap. I think. There's a gap in some people having awareness of tools Mm. and some people not. I think some people having awareness of, of, of access to specific ideas. Some people not, I think some people are living in victim Mm -hmm. and some people are not. And I think if I had to sit here and ask, is it my place to bring someone who is in victim out of victim? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It could be, it could not be. Do I feel called to do that? Not really. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel called to that. Do I feel called to create awareness mm-hmm. around tools and opportunities and ways to pull yourself out? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. That's what I create on my podcast. That's what I put out there. That's what I do in day-to-day conversation. Mm-hmm. When I can live into the thing that feels authentic to me, I think I'm living my soul's purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has that opportunity and everyone has the agency to make the decision around whether that's important to them or not. Ah. So well said. I love that. So beautifully articulated. I get so fired up in these conversations because it's the truth. And and, and also the truth, as you know, will set you free. There is that old phrase. And when you hear something that has that ring, and I would call it that resonance, it's like, yes, and you want to celebrate it and scream it from the rooftops. But I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm my waking up has been really clumsy, you know, of first being, it was like the five stages of grief, which we now are a little bit outdated in terms of how anyone is. Everyone can't experience it the same way, but first it was denial, then it was rage, and then it was shame. And anyway, now I'm in a very new place and and I want to share that in a moment, but this place of knowing for sure because of this resonance that every human being has the capacity within themselves to empower their own light, to wake up to whatever degree they are willing. But as we look at the COVID-19 gift, especially in the year of 2020 and with the benefit of hindsight being 2020, right? So well connected prescriptions. I don't even know the increase. People have stats on this mental illness, suicides, like uh, alcohol consumption, drug consumption, overeating. The joke was going around the world of the COVID-19, you know, weight gain. And I know I participated in that for a while because I was just, it was too painful to face. And then just, I don't know, my soul was ready to be so strong and so bright 
And so little by little this year, it's been like letting go of anything that would numb me out from feeling fully so I can access the truth of who I am. And so it's been this incredible journey for myself. But so as you are waking up and waking up and waking up, did you see a demarcation between like waking up to what's happening in the world with the COVID gift and waking up as you were already on your journey from it's not about the material success and the external validation? Is there a distinction for you here? You know, I think we, we, we forget that, you know, and if you believe in the idea of past lives, right. And if you believe in the idea that time is an illusion, which means that our souls could, before they chose our bodies, they could have picked a body, you know, 2000 years in the future or 2000 years in the past, like they could have gone in either direction. And if you truly prescribe to that belief, which I do, Mm -hmm. I believe that our souls have already experienced every single thing that we're experiencing today. Mm -hmm. And so I have this knowing in my heart that whatever challenges I've had, whatever my growth journey was, was actually getting me ready to be present inside of this reality today. I think COVID accelerated a lot of things for me, right? I was in the wrong relationship for nine years. COVID accelerated the ending of that relationship. I was saying yes to projects that were not in alignment, which COVID... So I can thank COVID for accelerating awareness Mm -hmm. right? Accelerated awareness. That's what it did. But what I did with that awareness was my choice. Mm -hmm. The habits that I built to make choices when I became aware of something has just been a part of me and who I am and the choices I've made growing up. So I don't know if necessarily COVID or this period made me change anything. It's more when I became aware of something, I made the conscious choice to act on that awareness. And I think... Mm -hmm. That's the hard part, right? Like when you don't want, when you choose not to act on awareness, you numb Mm, because you have to run from it unless you sell your soul, which there's a lot of people that make that choice as well, right? And you can't beat somebody who sells their soul. You cannot, it's not the same language. It's a completely different world. And so, and there's, and there are a lot of people right now that have done that, that have made the choice to whether they were willing to or not. But I, I think that's, that's it. Like, so when you become aware, and I think this is why, most people don't want to be aware. They just want to pretend. They want to pretend because it's easier mm-hmm. than facing the truth. And, you know, if, if there's anything that's been true for me, and this is only my experience, you know, the pursuit of truth has been, or at least experiencing the truth within myself has been one of the most gratifying and rewarding journeys I've ever been on. And it's been one of the hardest. Mm-hmm. I don't judge others who aren't making that choice because the only way out is through. Oh, yes. And if you make the choice, it's really hard to just pop your head back out and go back into the matrix because it's hard. So do I have a lot of compassion for people that choose not to? Yes. And am I going to make that choice? No, because for me, I am one of my core values for me is to experience growth. And I think in order to truly live into that, I can't be afraid of the answers that I don't want to know, right? Like I can't be afraid of them. Like I have to actually look at them and I have to examine them and explore them within myself. And, and that's a choice I'm making. But again, I, I want to keep coming back to choice because it is a choice and, and not everybody is built. Like my parents are not built for that choice. I don't know if they ever will be. And that's something I get to love them for. Am I going to love them less because they're choosing not to do some of the hardest shit on the planet? I don't. I, I, that, no, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to love them for who they are. 
And if they choose something different, I'm going to love them there too. But that's my journey now, right? Can I love someone else who doesn't choose the same way I do? Can I love someone else who thinks differently than I do? Can I choose someone else who has a different set of values than I do? Can I love someone else even though they might hurt me? Like, it doesn't matter. I think all of this, every single thing we become aware of is our, is, is our opportunity to choose. That idea, I think, is the central idea that has carried through not just the last few years for me, but ever since I chose to be an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Ever since I really chose that path for myself, which was like, I'm going to consciously take agency over the quality of my life. Like, yeah. I want to be in control of creating and owning my destiny. And even that choice is not one that everyone makes, Mm-mm. right? They're being forced to make it right now because of the some circumstances are. that some are. Well, it's just in, in, in the nature of reality. Like, I mean, I know more people who have made career shifts and career pivots over the last few years than, than any other period of my life. So it's, it's all back to, I think, a game of fear versus love. Like, yes. are you going to be afraid of awareness? Or are you going to lean into it and know that you have a choice? to go in either direction. Yes. And for me, um, so I didn't, so I I don't consider myself sober. I don't identify with any sort of label, but I I didn't drink alcohol for four years. And it was the years, the years that I became an entrepreneur and built my seven, you know, got to the first seven figures in my business. And I was just feeling really proud, but like your story earlier, very much attached to some of that external success and validation. Right. And then once I had that success, then it was like fear of losing it. And then once I worked through that piece, then it was what's really happening inside anyway, right? And that's why I kept coming back to that, that sort of veil of energy that is the immediate matrix. Because whatever's going on in the world right now, for me, in my experience, is it's a macrocosm of whatever my own personal reality is, right? And so I get to choose, literally, I get to choose how I'm going to navigate through this very interesting time. But the work is deep and it has been very grueling, but like plant medicine, just on the other side of the deepest fear that I have faced is the liberty again and again and again. Yeah. The grass is always greener on the other side of fear, (laughs) but I, but I think that's, most people aren't aware of that. And most people are fed so much disbelief. Like most people are just, and this is, it's, it's a sad it's the sad truth that most people do not believe in themselves enough yeah. to actually think that they can go up against a feeling that isn't theirs. So good. Oh my God. Cause that's it. They just don't believe in themselves. And so that's where, if you wanted to go at a, at a, you know, 5d conscious level, it's like, if you actually just help people believe mm-hmm. that they have power through awareness or through courage or through example, all of this goes <laughs> away. So this is what I love. And I wanted to just piggyback on my own statement that then I, I interrupted myself, which is common about the drinking. And it's so here I was waking up and waking up and waking up, poking my head out. I think Aubrey Marcus gave that uh, analogy on his podcast about like, you know, out of the ocean matrix. I love the ocean. No offense. Um, and then you're like, Hey, there's Raj. Hey, you know, like, and you're like, Oh, I'm not alone. And it's like, wait, <laughs> here I go back in like, okay, this is normal. This is cool. I know this way around. Right. Even though it scares the shit out of me. Wait, let me try that again. And so anyway, that was my whole like year up until several months ago. 
But during that time, I was still numbing with wine almost every night and almost a bottle of wine a night. And that was a lot for me. For some, it's not a lot. It's all relative. It was a lot for me. And I know how I felt the next day, more anxiety, more depression, and then just felt like a total fraud, which is an exasperation and a perfect justification to come back to the deepest fear anyway, which is it's just a fluke. You're not going to make it right. All that stuff. You're not good enough. Well, and I was like, oh, this is deep. So I let go of the alcohol. Now I was like ripping the bandaid off. And I'm like, this is amazing. It is scary as shit. A lot of days. But once you get through the hard, crunchy parts, you're like, I'm free. I really am to that degree. And then if you ask for more, you'll get more, which I want to just dive into a little bit more with you, especially around the mirror work. But I don't want to um, cut you off on what you were just going to say on that. I don't remember what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well then it doesn't matter. So what has been an experience for you, if you're willing to share that stands out around mirror work? I actually got this one from our dear friend Panache a few years ago. And it was the thing you see in someone else is actually the thing you see in you. Mm. Right. So when you are angry with someone else about something, there's a deep part of you that's actually angry about your, at yourself for the same thing. That's right. So it's going back to the triggers, right? Being aware of the triggers in my life. I mean, my my dad, definitely somebody who him and I have had a, a challenging relationship over the years. We're better now than we've ever been, but that's because I've chosen to lean into him as a mirror, yes. right? And so like, it's being aware of him in his, you know, if he says something that that upsets me, it's becoming aware of it. And then getting curious around it, Mm. going into journaling, meditation, and then taking that into coaching or hypnotherapy or medicine, whatever the the vehicle is to alchemize and bring a different perspective to the experience or to to discharge the the charge, Mm -hmm. whatever that work is, is my work. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I can't think of any one experience that my dad triggers me with. I mean, there's plenty I've, I've had, I've had, the, I'm not enough. I've had the, I'm not worthy. I've had the, why won't you just love me? I've had the, you know, I've had every belief and, and variation of that sort of weave into my relationship with my father. But I think at the core of it, there, there was always a, a feeling of like, I need to get validated. Mm. And so I would always get triggered when I wasn't getting validated or recognized or appreciated, whatever word I want to use. And then that then created an opportunity for me to go deeper. And so, you know, mirror work is a really powerful tool if you can be willing to, and and it actually changes your interpersonal relationships altogether because now you realize it's not you versus me, it's us versus whatever's triggering. Yes. So it's like, now I can, now with my dad, I actually have this, this way of communicating with him that actually allows us to look at the trigger together. Mm-hmm. which is very different than before. I would just get really mad at him and I would run in the other direction. He's willing to look at it with you if you communicate it in a way that he can receive. And I think that's why. And it, I mean, that last sentence, I think everybody's willing to look if you can communicate in a way that they're willing to receive. There you go. Right? So like if you can communicate, you know, I've been really learning a lot about, you know, the art of nonviolent communication and, you know, and for me, it's really that's that's been my edge. Actually, the place where I'm spending the most time right now is really learning how to communicate my viewpoints and my needs and my cravings in a way that are in alignment. Like, how do I help other people actually help me? 
mm-hmm. which is really what I want. Like, I don't care about being right. I just, I, I care about having my cravings and my needs met. And so like, how do I communicate that in a way that can allow the other person to feel safe, seen, heard, loved. And that is a practice because it's not something that we're taught in schools. It's not something that you're really taught until you stumble enough times to realize you want to develop that skill. And then when you want to develop that skill, you have to go down the rabbit hole of being really messy and it's practice, trying different things and learning communication and knowing how to handle conflict and deferring viewpoints. And that's been a big focus for me over the last month is really like, I've been having a lot of people on my podcast around like conflict resolution and, and are really you familiar ha- with uh, Dr. Marshall Rosenberg's work? Mm-mm. So he was um, one of the pioneers of uh, nonviolent communication. And both my parents are long, long time, decades long um, international certified trainers. Cool. Of MC. So it's really cool to hear that that's something that you are curious about and diving into. It's, it's so beautiful. And, and uh, man, I can't imagine a world where that is our common communication modality. I really can. I wanted to share with you, though, interesting that you brought up mirror work. So I don't I had never really done a lot of it. I certainly believe in the value of it. But last night I was getting ready for bed. It was like nine grandma time. Uh, maybe it was 830, if I'm honest. And I was finishing brushing my teeth and I just caught my reflection in the mirror over the sink. And I heard my soul say, oh, hey. And it was like literally just that easy. And I was like, hey, and I wanted to ignore it. And then I realized that it was literally my higher self communicating with me. And it was like, no, hey. And then next thing I know, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Like, seriously, it was like, okay, I, I hear you. I'm going to be with this right now. I'm going to be with me. And um, it was like a stare off, right? Like to see if it was real at first, because my conscious mind didn't want to believe that it was real. And the next thing I know, I was flooded with tears because it was like a full on recognition and it was so powerful. And then I was able to, I got an emotional thinking about it, but this just happened last night. This has been, these kinds of things have been happening every night lately, but I've been asking for it. I want it so deep, so real, like show me everything and anything that I need to know, right? To be more loving with myself. And so she showed up and and next thing I know, she's walking me through the pain of waking up and all of those feelings that I talked about. And so then I was just, ooh, so, uh, so scared, so, so sad, so rageful. And then it was like, she had me see how strong I've become every time I face one of those fears, you know, like, and so my shoulders go back and I didn't mean to be like in a Wonder Woman pose, but it was like, like a Phoenix rising energy, but like so grounded in love. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm just melted back into this beautiful place of looking at my soul again and saying, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. And it was almost like a, we've got this. We really have got this. No matter what life throws at us, we've got this. We always have. We always will. No matter what happens in the, even the physical realm, like it had to be taken all that way. And then I was done. It lasted maybe seven minutes, eight minutes. It was beautiful. And, and so I don't even know why I'm sharing that other than you brought it up and it felt like a permission slip. But maybe it's for anyone who's listening who's never really, who doesn't even know how to do mirror work, right? You don't really need to know how to do it. Just look yourself in the eye and don't see your face. See an essence, an energy, like what's looking back at you. It's not you in this body, this conscious mind, right? And it's a beautiful way to melt our conscious mind and to yoke. Have you ever had an experience like that? 
I haven't done a lot of like actual looking into the mirror mirror work. Um, I know the value of it. In fact, I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely know the value of it. I find that, yes, there's a lot of learning for me personally in sitting in silence or sitting in solitude, but I actually find that my, my deepest growth experiences come from engaging with either life or my work or like people like yeah. there's like direct feedback, like there's this direct feedback and there's yeah. this like direct opportunity for me to actually like target in and laser in on the aspects of me that are still not totally in alignment with that. Because actually I was, I don't know who I was talking to about this. I was talking to a friend of mine about how it's really easy for like, you know, old age monks to be in the forest or in the jungles and reach enlightenment. You take one of those guys and you throw them in the middle of New York city and tell them to just go like, it's not going to be the same. Like the challenges that we face in today's day and age are just so different. So mm-hmm. I, I think for me, like I I've, I've started to really actually, instead of spending, I, I'm actually realizing for me more and more, like the more I spend time with people mm-hmm. and the more I allow myself to be seen fully mm. by people, that's when the truth of me comes out. And that's when I get to then face the, parts of me that are afraid of being rejected, the parts of me that are afraid of being abandoned, the parts of me that are afraid of being dismissed, the parts of me that are afraid of making a mistake, the parts of me that are afraid of looking like a failure, the parts of me that I can't even see in my conscious purview that are stopping me from actualizing my greatest and highest potential. And I, I think that if we can truly lean into each other and you know, if that's an idea that, that anyone listening takes home with them, like as you're going about your day, and as you have a conversation with somebody who just pisses you off or triggers you or throws you into a loop, like how can you take that experience and turn it into one of the most useful data points that exist, which is a window into your soul. It is literally truly a window into the, to not even a window into your soul, it is a window into the scar tissue that lives around your soul that is stopping you from really truly being in full loving presence of anything that you may become aware of, right? In the words of the late Ram Das, you know, mm-hmm. I am loving awareness. And it took me a while to really understand what that even meant. And then when I understood the brilliance of how simple of an idea that is, it's you love everything you become aware of. Mm-hmm. That's all that means. And that to me is the greatest spiritual journey. Like, I don't know. That's, that's at least been my truth when it comes to like really leaning into mirrors or the idea of mirrors, not a physical mirror, but like, yeah. The idea of just everything that I become aware of actually being a mirror for something inside of me. So interesting because when you brought up mirror work, I thought that we were talking about the actual. Yeah, thing. yeah, I know. That's what I realized when you were sharing your story, I was like, huh, I actually think that's really interesting though. And I totally think that there's, I see the value in, and I can totally see the the somatic release in that. Like if you can truly actually see yourself instead of seeing yourself, you know, like I'll just go get a mirror right now and then I'll play my, I know I kind of want, I mean, like it's, it's, it's really, <laughs> that would be uncomfortable for me for sure. So I, oh, I think there's so uncomfortable in the beginning. I think, I I think there's definitely like, some growth. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's why when I heard that, Oh, Hey, cause that yeah. was like, the way that would get my attention. I was like, 
And I was like, oh, that, that, you know what I mean? Seriously, that happened. Good and, for you. Um, that's, that's powerful. That's a really powerful so story. Powerful. And I had it happen once before when I was traveling with Reverend Michael Beckwith and Marion Williamson and all these really interesting people. And we were trying to, we were lobbying hard for two years on Capitol Hill regularly to uh, establish a department of peace. Um, this is back in the day with Dennis Kucinich. And, you know, it was just such a beautiful idea. And NBC was at the absolute core of that mission. And, uh, but I remember being there and we had to speak to several senators the next morning. I was at a hotel in DC and God spoke to me, which I don't even know, you know, what I truly believe about is, is there like a God energy or am I just, is it, are we all connected with it and we're a manifestation and individualized? I think it's somewhere in there, but as I continue to wake up, I I know that I don't really know. I know what resonates. I know what feels good and where I feel expanded. And I know where I don't. Um, Thank you for sharing though that about the polarity energy because all those activations and triggers can be transmuted. That's the alchemy, right? And then used for good, right? Because it's potent energy, it's fire and and we need it. We're about to wrap, but I just wanted to share, uh, share how grateful I am that you are in my life. Uh, even though it's like in a social sphere and Zoom, because it feels really good to be walking along a path that has a lot of different routes, but it's all toward a greater awakening, a grand rising from within, right? So that we Mm -hmm. can experience this and live without. And what I wanted to offer just as a follow-up and then, and then anything else that you want to share or wish I had asked or that you want to clarify, I want to hear, but, but just thinking, you know, each of us are in our own unique journey. And I had a friend tell me recently, you know, he's because when I was waking up and I was reimagining my podcast and coming out on social about some of the things that I believe in, standing for the truth that I believe I'm here to serve so that I can help to do my part of mass formation of what looks like could be really scary. Right. And so just by speaking up, speaking out and leading by example. But then I was like, oh, I should be smarter. I should be more educated in certain areas. And I should be further along because of my age and the people that raised me and so spiritually awakened. All the story came, came back with my awakening. Hilarious. And so that was a beautiful gift for me to see. But what I recognize now, and this is what I see for you too, because I felt this from you, is at whatever level we're waking up, our community, our tribe is right there with us. So whatever we have to say is perfect and will land exactly right for whomever is needed to hear it because they're right there and able to receive, right? And so not worrying about like, trying to get it right. Or what if I lose that friend because I said that, or I spoke up about this on social. It's like, it's all good because whatever is releasing and letting go is being alchemized for that, which to be magnetized. Right. I think um, at the core of it, there's, there's a, there's a self-trust, right. Mm. Is the like, trust yourself, trust your feelings, trust what's flowing through you. Trust that voice of intuition, because I'm realizing more and more like intuition is actually evolution speaking through you, mm. right? That mm-hmm. voice in your heart is connected to an intelligence that's so much greater than anything your mind can comprehend. So when you act on the voice in your heart, there's a certain level of, of trust that's required because there's no framework for it, right? The the heart doesn't necessarily go in a in a step-by-step ladder. It expands in every direction and it's and it's instantaneous. That's why things can happen overnight like that you've been waiting for for years. It's just the heart when it's ready, it just calls it in. And so I think um 
And I think there's that piece of trust that I've learned to really revere. And that's my journey. Like, honestly, like it's just how much can I trust what's flowing through me and how much can I trust that whatever I feel like saying or what's true is actually what's necessary for the moment. And how can I trust that? And and, and how can I continue deepening that trust? And how can I continue deepening that journey for myself? And it's one of those, I'm, it's just hard. It's hard. It's hard to create your own path. It's hard to trust your voice when we've been conditioned by society that the voice in our head is safer than the voice in our hearts. And, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so it takes, it takes, it takes a little bit of unraveling and patience. So, you know, I think for me, at least I'm really learning to be really patient with mm-hmm. myself as I'm growing and expanding and evolving and learning to have different conversations from different viewpoints with different people and, and learn to give others that grace as well. Cause we're all on different journeys at different points of awakening and, I think at the very least, like if we can just learn to love each other as we are and inspire others as we are, then I think the world is, uh, the world's going to be a much better place. So couldn't agree more. And I, um, it's just, it's been an honor to, to witness your journey and your transformation and it will continue to be right. We're always shedding, always, always, always shedding. And, uh, Ah, getting a more beautiful picture of who we really are um, mm-hmm. without all the rules and the constructs and the matrix. And especially in this time, it's so important. I love what you talked about curiosity and then courage you kind of mixed it in there throughout this conversation. But first, just being willing to be curious. Is this really all there is? Is this all exactly true? Right. And once you just get curious without judging yourself or others, then the courage sets in. Right. Okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but it's all going to work out. And uh, I know you're in the midst of a lot of transformation business-wise and all kinds of things, but abundance will show up because it's the fundamental law of the universe in the most mysterious ways. I know it's been happening for me. It's just like, it feels like a reward, although it's not, right? For just living in the flow of love and light. So this is what I'm watching you do. I get a lot of tidbits from Miss Ginny. We say hello to, she's both of our podcasts. <laughs> She's like, Ross John is just amazing. Uh, Sweet. She's amazing. Uh, she is amazing. She How blessed are we to have yeah. like such an incredible soul produce our podcast and to really be in it with us and the whole yeah. team. We love you, Jenny Media. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Thanks, Raj, for coming on. Where's the best place for my listeners? Obviously, your podcast, Stay Grounded with Raj Ghana. Where else uh, is the best place to find you? You can reach out to me on Instagram or social or really anywhere that you tend to spend time. Um, Instagram is probably the, the fastest way to get in touch with me, or you can just go to my website, rajana.com and, and just uh, engage in whatever way you choose resonates with your soul. I love it. And uh, I will leave all the links in the show notes. Thank you very much for taking your time to come on fire and soul today, Raj. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening to fire and soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.